Hi, this is Norman Horn, founder of LCI. We are excited to announce that the LCI team is going to be attending Freedom Fest this July 13th through 16th in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to have an exhibitor booth and a breakout session where we will be talking with everybody we can about how to make the Christian case for a free society. Find out more about LCI's participation at Freedom Fest by going to libertarianchristians.com slash events. Welcome to the show that gets Christians thinking about faith and politics. Get ready to challenge the statist quo, expand your imagination, and tackle controversy head on. Let's stand together at the intersection of faith and freedom. It's time for the Libertarian Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. I am Doug Stewart, your host, and I've got Norman back with me. Hey, Norm. Hey, Doug. <laughs> summer is upon us, at least as we're recording this. Yeah, this will go out before summer starts. So summer is about to happen. Yeah. And COVID is eh, mostly behind us. I realize that that's not entirely true. But, you know, given what well, it's the government now. does, it'll probably right? never entirely be true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? We'll always have something. And monkey pox yeah, we'll is, always is have coming COVID. out. <laughs> we'll always have something. Even the left is gathering in larger groups. I mean... You know COVID is over when your leftist friends are huddling indoors. Yeah, they had a White House correspondence dinner. Mm. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> that was not social distanced? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we're all going to get out there and meet more people except for lonely libertarians and introverts like me. We're going to get out <laughs> there and talk to other people online. However, we're going to talk to people. It's just a time that we're going to probably be more social in the year. And what we want to talk about in this episode is just a conversation about how to promote liberty, how to reach your friends with the message of liberty, and make the Christian case for a free society. And I think a good place to start here, Norman, is to talk about the importance of making a proper argument. And ah, yes. you and I talk about this pretty frequently, that the word argument is obviously used colloquially as you know, two people going at it over something. But yeah. there's a more proper understanding of the term. And there's sort of a lack of ability for a lot of people to make good arguments. So what is it that you mean when it's important to make a good argument? You're not talking yeah. about being argumentative. Well, actually, I am talking on some level about being argumentative. And, and what Doug is referring to is I have this longstanding like, lament. And if you've been on our podcast for a while, you might have even heard me talking about it before. But this lament is that we are losing the ability to argue in this world and especially amongst Christians. And I think there's a, to an extent, we even have a theological wrongness to it because we often, you know, refer to that verse, that lovely little verse that says, you know, do everything without complaining or arguing. And we seem to say, well, that just means we just shouldn't ever argue. But that's not really what it's about. What really that verse is referring to is not the, systematizing of knowledge together and making, you know, the setup of premises and uh, logical substance in order to make a case for something, but rather the disputatious element of it, the fighting element of it. I think it's important to argue. I think it's really important to argue. In fact, and I will argue you down about it. <laughs> Wait, that is that that's self-referential, isn't it? Eh, that well, works. We, we can, we'll forgive it for now. But the reason that it is important is precisely because we are supposed to be men and women of reason. And if we are men and women of reason in the church today, seeking after truth, 
then we need to understand what it means to disagree well and to logically work through problems. That process is called argumentation. Okay? I mean, if it's funny to consider the like even going back to like the classic Monty Python argument sketch where the reason why it's so funny is that it's not actually an argument. It's just contradiction. And it's kind of funny the way that that plays its way out. And it's why I'm a huge fan of John Cleese in this regard and Eric Idle in that particular sketch. And in fact, uh, yeah, a little fun fact, I have performed that sketch before in playing the role of John Cleese. And <laughs> it was a long time ago. In fact, probably the only person who would be Is listening to video? this. It's not on video. It was done when I was an undergrad. And probably the only two people listening to this who even know that that exists would be my mother and my wife. And so, <laughs> well, actually, I guess my dad and maybe my brother too. But we'll, yeah, that's about it. The Horn if you family. To, if you happen to remember that, call me. But <laughs> anyway, but the point is, is that arguing is really an important function of trying to interpret truth and to denigrate the process of argumentation the way that we often do in this society. It's like, well, I didn't, I just don't want to disagree. I just don't want to disagree or something like that. Or let's just mm. agree to disagree as a way of just stopping conversation is not doing anybody a really good service at times. Now, sometimes it's best to stop an argument from continuing because maybe it will become more disputatious than it needs to be. But the fact is, is that the process of argumentation is important. You need to know how it works and you need to participate in it. Because if you're not, you're doing your own brain a disservice, let alone the people of God. Yeah, I found that working through a topic or an issue, even whether live, like in an actual argument or exchange with somebody, or whether it's like me sort of thinking about what they said and taking that home and noodling over it, so to speak, that is good for me too. It's not just like, oh, all right, good. I'm going to now be better at, you know, promoting liberty. It's also good at me being able to promote something better. Do you have any like specific ways in which people can sort of, I want to say, live this out and sort of practice? Are there resources? Like, what oh, do you, well, there, there's, what do you have? there actually is lots of stuff you could do in this regard. And I, and I want to kind of, you know, preface what I'm about to say. And like, if you need another reason, like how to connect this to promoting liberty, let's put it this way. The reason why we're talking about this argumentation component here is that it's not just about spouting information at people. It's about being able to invite others into dialogue. And this is the way that we converge upon better and better understandings and truths and interpretations of right things in our brain. And so this is why it's important to kind of have this really solidified together. In fact, I'd even go so far, and this is somewhat tangential, but Doug and I have talked before about like, if all we can realistically accomplish in the, the long-run history of the church is to just improve the level of theological conversation and argumentation about politics and theology and whatnot, then we've done a good thing. <laughs> but this is the starting point, though, is that by understanding how to reason well, we will be able to promote liberty better. And you'll just be able to be a, you'll be a smarter person as a result. That's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, do I need to keep going on that point? Not really. No. So let's just get to the, <laughs> the straight up resources. I mean, here's what I love is that there's all sorts of meta ways to go about learning how to logic things better. You know, and logic is the verb in this case, to, <laughs> to logic it out. There are courses, 
great opportunities on things like Coursera or books, you know, both by Christians and non-Christians about how to reason well. So you can you know, find those resources and take a look. Those are great ways to do it. When you're in active practice mode, when you're actually talking with other people, there are two things that I would try and do. Number one is ask a lot of questions. In other words, kind of playing around with the Socratic method. And uh, by asking them to try and work out with you the implications of what they're saying. And so this is a good way of helping to develop better arguments while you're at it. And then the second piece there is not only to ask questions, but try to restate what your opponent is trying. Your Well, if we don't want to call it the opponent, you can say maybe your interlocutor, you know, if you want to be a little more mild in that respect. But restate your opponent's words in as, the best way that you understand them at that time. That helps you to understand their argument and gives you even some additional time to formulate your response better. So that's two little habits you can develop that'll improve your, your argumentation. I want to throw in two resources that I would suggest along these lines, and they are actually demonstrations of very good and proper reasoning. And one is Alex Epstein's book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, which actually oh, yeah. is actually, a, there's a follow-up book, or it's actually a, a completely different book. It's not like an updated version of Moral Case called Fossil Future that Alex Epstein just recently published. And he is one of the best arguers that I've ever witnessed both online, both in like writing. He is really, really good at asking those questions and restating things back. And so I would recommend that resource, not to mention the book itself and the content is just spectacular. And the other person is Jason Brennan. When he is arguing in certain books like Against Democracy and The Case for Openness, you know, when when you read a person who two paragraphs later is addressing the concern you had, (laughs) while reading the paragraph two paragraphs prior because they know how someone's going to think and they can present this argument in a certain way. Now, again, it's a one-sided thing because they wrote this book, you know, years ago or over the course of several years and now you're reading it over the course of maybe several days or weeks or whatever the case may be. And so it's one-sided in that regard, but it's a good demonstration of well-articulated and well-laid-out arguments. All right, that's really good, Doug. And I'm really pleased you kind of brought some of those resources up. I, it reminds me that I, I really do need to pick up Alex's other books and get into that. I, I know he's got a new one out and that's exciting. There's also, you know, another kind of set of ideas that you've been developing in particular about ways in which we can personally live free and thereby promote liberty, both in our most immediate circles and kind of radiating outward from that. So what have you been thinking about in this respect and what do you want to tell our listeners here today? Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. I'm chuckling here because you and I just recorded additional questions for the other podcast that we did and it was talking about freedom in Christ and the importance of that and how does that relate to political freedom. So if you haven't yet subscribed and listened to the Faith Seeking Freedom podcast, please go do that. Uh, It's much shorter episodes based on questions. I'll just leave it there for now. Yeah, so sometime in 2021... Actually, probably late, mid to late 2020, I started realizing that the government lockdown, oppressive sort of stuff that was going on in Pennsylvania, where I live and all around. Throughout the world. (laughs) And throughout the world. But it became personal for me because there were a handful of things that my family and I couldn't do. There were some decisions that we had to make based on government edict or governor edict, I should say, which I guess is... Somewhat the same, but actually an important nuance to make. But I started realizing that, you know what? 
there are people who have lived in oppression and tyranny, Christians, I should say, who have lived under oppression and tyranny and have found freedom in Christ. There are North Korean churches who are living in freedom in Christ. And there are ways in which I have witnessed other people living free amidst all of the shenanigans that the government was doing, right? And relatively speaking, what we went through during the pandemic and all the lockdowns is, I don't want to overstate or understate it on the one hand, but it really wasn't as bad as what we've seen people go through in past history. I mean, we're talking really bad, egregious stuff happened, right? But on the whole, Americans but we still are not, blessed. Yes, there is still a place to be thankful. Like, I mean, even if, I don't believe this, but even if Amazon were the evil organization, we at least had food and things delivered to our house, right? <laughs> like within a week. And I know that that's not everybody's story. There are people who were truly going hungry and there were people who were truly literally locked in their homes. I don't want to understate the importance that those were very wrong, okay? But for me, and again, I'm just talking about and what I've been sort of pondering lately, and I'm leading up to what's on our website here. I was thinking, okay, this is bad. It's not as bad as it could be for me. And I need to figure out a way to live free within the constraints that are placed on me, okay? And there's some things that I can and cannot do. There's a phrase that I honestly do not remember where it came from. I just remember it stuck in my head early on as I was becoming a libertarian, the man or the one who longs to be free will find a way to live free. And that's kind of stuck with me. And I'm like, okay, how do I choose to live free in some sort of circumstance? Now, I will say that there were a handful of people that I know who didn't wear masks even when they were required to. And they just had that freedom to sort of flout governor edicts. And I didn't quite have the entire bravery. I did make one exception. I would always, I would refuse to wear masks outside. <laughs> but with that exception, I was relatively like, oh, all right, I'll go along. It's not really that critical to me. And I will breathe as often as I can when I'm far away from people, whatever. Okay, that's another story. I've actually mentioned all those things in previous episodes. But you can't constantly be the victim of government oppression when you have some modicum of freedom, not even modicum, some decent amount of freedom to find a way to flourish within the constraints that you have. So I've said that several times. And it means that if we are going to live free as Christians, we need to think deliberately how we are going to flourish. And there's a couple of articles that I've written in this year. They're coming out about once a month. It's called Living Free. You can easily identify them because there are pictures that I've taken at a place where I feel the freest. And Norman's probably going to chuckle when he hears this. But <laughs> one of the article titles is to focus on what matters. Okay. And one yeah. of the points that I try to make is that to advance freedom, you need to accept that not every fight is yours to fight, okay? You can't battle everything, right? I've learned that in the world of liberty, in the battle against bad ideas for the state, I can't fight every one of them. I'm not well-versed in asset forfeiture. I'm not well-versed in certain other issues of our day, but I'm pretty knowledgeable of, of the issue about borders. I'm pretty knowledgeable about free trade. I'm pretty knowledgeable about a number of things. And those are the things that I focus on when I sort of argue online or have something to say. 15 years ago, I probably would have argued about every single one of them. And I would have had, at that time, I would have had relatively shallow answers. And what I learned is I can't learn everything. Now, 
some people like Norman seem to know everything and can talk about anything. <laughs> you, I do say that somewhat facetiously, but Norm, you do have that ability to have some knowledge and have a conversation with somebody about most of those issues. But for me and for a lot of us, we can choose what to fight about. And I would recommend finding the ones that are really near and dear to your heart. Okay, so for me, the ones that really got me emotional was when we, when you have the poor denied access to freedom because of an arbitrary border policy, right? Those really, really got to me. For others, it's going to be abortion. For others, it's going to be being anti-war. And that was the other, that was the two for me is the borders and war, foreign policy. So you got to pick your fights. Yep. The other element of that is you have to find out who you can influence and focus on that. So early on, I'm going I'm to admit something here. And I don't even know if I deleted the tweets or not, but I was never really on Twitter. But I was on Twitter enough in late March, early April 2020 to where I was tweeting against the governor of my state. And <laughs> it occurred to me a few weeks later, this is doing nothing. Why am I doing this? Like, this is just a literal waste of time. I'm not, first of all, he's not even reading them. Okay, he's got a staff member doing them. And second of all, it's like, is this really going to affect change? I mean, if you know, you can have that side effect of basically other people knowing that you're also along with them. So there is the courage in showing people and standing up against things. So I don't want to say that that's a bad thing. But for me, it was like, this isn't doing any good whatsoever. I could go hang out with my kids who are stuck with me at home, right? And hang out with them and contribute to their lives, which is what my family did during this time. We used it to bond more have family devotions, do a handful of things that we were unable to do in the past just due to busy life, right? We had no longer had a busy life. So you could tweet your governor or you could do something possibly a little bit more advantageous, which is go to a school board meeting. Going to a school board meeting, you would actually be one of a lot fewer people and you can come armed with information and knowledge about whatever the issue might be. And you and maybe 100 people, depending on how big your school board meetings are, you could probably affect way more change. Find an issue that you're passionate about. Pay attention. It's local. I often say, with respect to libertarianism, the local or the better. Your local school district, while it might be considered part of government and the state, it is definitely not going to have as much power as the federal government. And so you can influence power in that way. So you have to take inventory of your life, right? Like, where yeah. do I have influence? There's a Greek word, oikos, that our church uses to talk about the basically the up to 15 people that you have influence. And it's not the 15 people you'd like to reach, but the inventory of, okay, who is in my sphere of influence? So it could be the people that you're talking about. So this could be your kids. Include your kids in this, right? It could be your, your neighbors. It might not include the neighbor that you don't ever see because, you know, they're behind the road. You know, you literally call them your neighbor because you share a property boundary, but they're not anybody that you know, right? And so you have that small sphere of influence. So you have to take inventory of the people that you can influence, the locations that you can influence. How do you advance freedom by being where you are or as other people might say, bloom where you're planted, okay? Another thing is the long game. You know, Norm, you mentioned about if all we do is in 100 years, people can look back to LCI and say, wow, they really made a contribution as to how Christians can make political arguments. You'd say we've done a great thing. And that's a long view. And that's a really important thing to consider here. It's really easy to have all of the energy and adrenaline of going to a protest and say, we protested 
whatever at the local, <laughs> whatever it is. Sorry, just fill in the blanks here. I don't go protest, so I can't just randomly pick things. That's great. You get a lot of adrenaline and that, those are good things to do if that's what you want to spend your time doing. As long as they're mostly peaceful. No, no, no. As long as they're completely <laughs> oh, peaceful. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So we can choose to influence others for the common good in ways that promote freedom and enables flourishing. And so we need to do that by influencing the people that are around us. So take the long view. Your testimony is easily as effective over the long run than your arguments. And to be honest, your arguments aren't going to win everybody over right away anyway. Your arguments are going to, good arguments are going to settle with people and they're going to start seeing the wisdom that you have. And they're going to also see the consistency in your life as well as your argumentation. So those are a handful of things that I've been sort of noodling on, as I've said, I think several times in this episode, <laughs> that I've been thinking about over the past several months. And it's how to choose to live free. There are about three or four articles up on libertarianchristians.com right now that you can find that are relatively, relatively brief. They're not really lengthy, but they're just encouraging ways in which we can influence others. So what does all this have to do with LCI? Because Norm and I, it's our passion to help others make a Christian case for a free society. And the Libertarian Christian Institute is here to help you do that. And we do that in a number of ways. Norm, what is the most important way that people can learn about the Christian case for free society? Well, these days, there happens to be a new book that'll really help you out. If you are really wanting to delve into even just the beginning stages, of understanding better how to make a Christian case for free society, understanding Christian libertarianism or libertarian Christian ideas, well, we've got the book for you. <laughs> we just released this about a year ago, and it's called Faith Seeking Freedom, Libertarian Christian Answers to Tough Questions. And it is all about kind of the basics of it all. We go through theology. We go through a lot of economics. We go through a lot of political theory. And all through it, it's being told with the backdrop of the Christian worldview. So if you're looking to begin that journey, this is a wonderful way to start it. If you are even part ways into it and you want to start honing your, your own personal sword in this regard, this is a great way to do it. And this is just the beginning, but it's a great way to start. And if you already have a copy, we still have more for you to buy yeah. because Amazon still prints them when we order them that you can get to your friends. And so we recommend doing that as well. The book is a really good example of argumentation done well, in our own opinion, if we can pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> but no, we actually had a, a real genuine editors look at our work and make sure it was good. So we're not just publishing a book and be like, hey, look what we wrote. It's really good. Other people <laughs> said so too. And as you were saying, Doug, it's a great little piece to be able to give out to people as well because it's a wonderful introduction into a bunch of different complex ideas that are often difficult to get across to people at times. So it's something you can pick up for yourself. It's something that you can easily hand out. It's very non-obtrusive, and it's accessible in a way that, I mean, God bless Ludwig von Mises and human action, but it's not going to typically be the first thing somebody needs is going to read. <laughs> and, you know, for good reason, too. I mean, human action is awesome and magnificent, but it's not as accessible as something like this. And that's okay. 
We need all. You don't bring it to a barbecue. <laughs> well, we don't maybe, that once. I don't know. Mike Tyson was <laughs> carrying around uh, Thomas Sowell's Basic Economics, which is about <laughs> as big. So maybe, Man, you know. We've mentioned boxers like twice tonight already. It's crazy. That's, uh, <laughs> That's pretty funny. Goes back to other things um, we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, okay. So go buy the book, faithseekingfreedom.com. You can purchase it on audiobook as well at libertarianchristians.com slash store or, you, yeah, faithseekingfreedom.com. You can get all that information. The additional yep. thing that we do, which we've had for 14-ish years now, yeah. is libertarianchristians.com. And we're <laughs> constantly updating the site so that when you visit, you will know where you can go for succinct or collected materials. So one thing that we've done within, I think, the past year is our perspectives pages can find that in the navigation, but we go over topics like abortion, wealth, marriage, war, and we theology. Keep those. <laughs> theology. So the idea My there topic. is <laughs> yeah, right. The idea there is that you can easily click on one of those pages, get an overview, like basically find the best articles that we've written on those topics, and even podcast episodes as well. So you can yeah. actually find that information kind of curated there. But if you want to expand a little bit, you want to go outside the libertarianchristians.com section, we actually have a resource at libertarianchristians.com slash books. And it shows you a few free downloads that we have. And then also it's a huge list of books that Norman compiled years ago of books that we you would continue recommend. Continue to add to. <laughs> yes, we do continue to add to them as well. Yep. All sorts of great stuff there that'll help increase your own knowledge of the philosophy of liberty, of theology, of history, various topics that will make you a flat-out smarter person. <laughs> and near and dear to my heart are three podcasts. Okay, so you're listening to one of them, the Libertarian Christian Podcast. We are recording, we're getting close to 300, which is really, really a great achievement for a small organization such as we are. We've had a lot of great conversations. We've had a lot of great guests on. And, you know, scroll back down to the beginning of the feed and start listening to some of the older ones that maybe you've missed if you're a relative newcomer to the podcast. But importantly, like and subscribe to the podcast. Even comment on it. It helps us get found when people do searches in their podcast app. So that's really important. Libertarian Christian Podcast, the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, which if you aren't already a subscriber and you didn't make our, the connection already, it's actually based on our book, even though the content is somewhat different. It's the concept that we are answering questions, Q&A style, that are basically five to 10 minutes each. So these are very short, bite-sized bits of information, episodes that you're able to look at based on question. So far, we've been releasing about one or two every week, and we don't have an actual official schedule by it, but we do it when we get people write to us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. So when people write to us, they ask us questions, and we'll be able to answer that. The third one is our Libertarian Roundtable called Good News, Bad News. We do this every other week on YouTube, which is really fun to watch. I realize that not everybody likes to listen to people talk on YouTube because it's like, why do I want to listen to people on a Zoom call? But I assure you that we do not have boring backgrounds on our Zoom calls, our recordings for these. We're not <laughs> just staring off into space while one person talks. We're, we're very active, usually. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some days are a little long, but this is such good content because we're talking about current events. It's about a libertarian Christian analysis of the recent news of the day and how it affects your world. And it's entertaining, but it's also something that you're going to walk away with being like, okay, I'm really glad I got their take on things. 
And sometimes so, we argue against yeah. each other. It's hilarious. Oh, yes, that's right. You know, down with the patriarchy, right? <laughs> it's a running joke. Matt and Carrie aren't here to make those statements. So I have to go in. <laughs> they can't to, defend I themselves. To, <laughs> I have to put my flag where it is now. <laughs> yeah, so there's two ways to listen to that. You can actually listen to it on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube, I should say. Yeah. I guess you could listen to it if you minimize your browser. But anyway, you can watch it on YouTube, which we would love for you to like and subscribe on YouTube because we're building our YouTube channel. There's a lot of other good material on there as well. And you can also subscribe to it as its own podcast as well. So we've got three podcasts, Libertarian Christian Podcast, which you're listening to, Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, which is our bite size, and our Good News, Bad News, LCI Roundtable, which is our Christian analysis of news of the day. So sweet. there's one big announcement that we should probably talk about, which is it is something that's time-based. Okay, we're recording this at the end of May 2022. Norm, what's happening this summer? Well, we have decided we're getting back out there. You know, now that now that events are happening again, we are going to events, doggone it. And we are for the first time going to be at Freedom Fest this year. And that is in July. It's July 13th through the 16th. We're going to have a, an exhibitor table. We're going to have a breakout session. We're going to have a great time getting to know people, connecting with folks. And we would love to see you there if you can at all. It's going to be super fun. It's in Las Vegas usually. The last one was, I think, actually in like South Dakota. And we're kind of wishing it had been there anyway. Vegas is pretty weird. But hey, we're pretty weird There's lots weird of unions in Vegas. Yeah, we're finding maybe this out. I guess there's one union in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's bothering us. Well, at any rate, we're uh, still looking forward to having a great time. And so if you happen to be going to Freedom Fest, we would love to see you there. Come and say hi. We will sit down with you. I'll go out for, with anybody for coffee or beer, pretty much. That Well, to an extent, I suppose. Uh, I, I can only have so many hours in the day. I, I, <laughs> I, can yeah, only I was have just so going to say, like, if like every, five, every 10 <laughs> minutes, somebody goes, hey, where's Norman? He was going to take me out for a beer. Yeah, that'll be... Oh, gosh, it's going to be... Uh, I just have opened myself up, right? Oh, no. Well, at any rate, we are definitely going to have a great time there. We'd love to see you if you're coming. And then, of course, if you are not going to be there, uh, you want to help support the work that we're trying to do. We we keep finding that there's still so many people that are in the liberty movement who still don't know, you know that we exist. You know, They may be Christians who are searching for particular information on how to accomplish the same mission that we have, and they just don't know that we're out there to help them. Or sometimes we find... There are libertarians out there who are not Christians, but they're curious. And it's a great time to talk to them too. There's never a time where we don't go out to an event and we don't find out about people who are searching for Christ in some way. And that God is, is able to move in these types of ways that you just don't expect. Like we don't typically go out and just expect for these things to happen. Maybe we should because they almost always do. So we're excited to see what God will put before us at an event like this. And we're looking forward to bringing all of our team together. You know, we're well distributed across the country and it's exciting to bring all of us in the same place for like pretty much the first time. And we might actually get a really, team really photo. Cool. Yeah, amazingly enough, that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going back to this, something you said a little earlier about your sphere of influence and whatnot, I think there's one kind of maybe final note that we could go out on is that even like this event in some respects is like 15 years in the making when you think about it. Mm. that bringing this team of people that we've assembled together. And it starts with something small that happens a long time ago. And thinking about that sphere of influence again, 
at this point in time, right now in May 2022, you may not have a lot of that sphere of influence before you. Sometimes it's going to take 15 years before that really comes to fruition. Don't try to jump ahead of yourself. There is stuff that is happening right now before you that you can affect. Do it. You're called to do it. So don't be afraid of it. Get ready. Go do the work. And who knows what it'll be, where you'll be in 15 years. But you just have to be faithful to that which you have been given. And so that's, I guess, my final bit of message for everybody today. Yeah, right on. Well, we would like to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com if you have a question you'd like us to answer or if you'd just like to reach out and tell us your story about how LCI has impacted your life. Or you could go to libertarianchristians.com slash stories and you can submit a form there and tell us a little bit about what LCI means to you. And of course, if you didn't already know, the Libertarian Christian Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit, so you may donate to us to help our mission, whether it's Freedom Fest at future endeavors like a translation of faith-seeking freedom into other languages, all kinds of stuff. Which is happening. It is. Well, it's happening in other language. We need other (laughs) languages. That's why I'm teaching. We need some support here, man. So (laughs) we appreciate your donations. There have been so many people that have given to us over the years and have helped us to get to where we are. So those of you who are participating with us in that way, we thank you. And for those who want to, you can go to libertarianchristians.com slash donate. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you at Freedom Fest. If not, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast. If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to rate us on Apple Podcasts to help expand our audience. If you want to reach out to us, email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. You can also reach us at LCI Official on Twitter. And of course, we are on Facebook and have an active group you are welcome to join. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Libertarian Christian Podcast is a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, a registered 501c3 nonprofit. If you'd like to find out more about LCI, visit us on the web at libertarianchristians.com. The voiceovers are by Matt Bellis and Catherine Williams. As of episode 115, our audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com.